The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. Hawaii Mother of the Year. She was chosen through a national nomination and selection process by American Mothers. Now, the award recipients are women of diverse backgrounds and experiences across the nation, recognized for their work, resilience, and commitment to family and community. So welcome to the Mothership Podcast, Joy. Thanks for being here. Welcome, Joy. Congratulations, too. Thanks, uh, Stephanie. Thanks, Noli. Yeah. yeah. Well, first things first, Joyce. So it's such a great honor. Um, how do you feel having this title bestowed upon you, Mother of the Year? You know, um, a friend of mine nominated me. I didn't know she was going to nominate me. And so at first, what happens is mother, uh, American Mothers Association, they contact everyone who's been nominated. They have us fill out uh, a questionnaire. And later on, we do an interview. And I never thought about it afterwards. I didn't hear from them for a couple months. And so I was really shocked and really pleasantly surprised that I actually uh, was given this award. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they must have, you know, there's there's something special about you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I read a little bit about your background, your single mom to a daughter and a son. Are both of them teenagers now or? Yes, I have a daughter. She's 19 years old, and I have a son who's 15 and a freshman in high school, and and I am a single mom. So that I never, you know, being a single mom, I I would never think I would even um, get an award or an honor like this. And and so, what do you do to make everything come together as a single mom? And I, I mean, you mentioned that it is tough. Can you explain more about that? Well. All my life, when I, after I've had my children, I've always prioritized them. And it's been, it, it's very challenging. They only have me to rely on. We don't really have family here. And I have to really work extra hard, I think, to, to be there, to be their support system. And what I think has been helpful to me is I do a five-year um, projection for each of my kids. I've done this since they were born and I, I have goals for them that I want uh, met and I do everything possible to have them achieve those goals. So maybe that's a little bit of maybe um, helicopter parenting, but I, I needed to do that so I could set the direction for them. And I was really lucky that, I mean, 
I gave them the opportunity to be their individual selves. I never forced them to do anything they didn't want to do. I let them choose their sports and their interests uh, for the most part. But my daughter, I mean, I'm so proud of her. She graduated as valedictorian for Kaiser High School, and she got a scholarship, um, a full ride to the University of Hawaii at Manoa. And the scholarship also pays for one year of student exchange. So right now she's at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and she's on the wrestling team and she's undefeated. Oh so she'll be going, gosh. yes, she'll be going to the national tournament in Puerto Rico. And when she was in high school, she was most valuable player for air riflery, for wrestling and for judo. Her freshman year, she was fourth for um, states. So she's done really, really well. And my son, as a freshman, he is um, he has a 3.9 principles list, and he was um, on the competition team for Kaiser High School's air rifle team, and they were the state championships this year. They were the state champions this year. Wow, congratulations. That's so many accolades for, for your children and as parents, right? You just want to see that for them. Can, can you talk about that five-year plan? That's interesting, isn't that, Steph? Yes, it what really does that look is, like? How, like? How do you do that? I feel like a lot of people want to know, especially after you giving us a brief resume of your children. <laughs> well, um, well, I'll just give a couple examples because everybody's hopes and dreams and aspirations for their children are different. But when they were, when my daughter was born, and also for my son, it's kind of similar. I knew I wanted them to be able to speak a foreign language. I knew I wanted them to be able to play a musical instrument. And I knew I wanted them to have uh, some um, expertise in a martial art. So I enrolled both of them in judo. My daughter started when she was six. and My son started when he was five. My son plays the cello. My daughter plays the violin. Um, my daughter was in the youth symphony um, when, when she was in intermediate school. And my daughter graduated with the global seal of biliteracy in Japanese, but my son is still, you know, he's just a freshman. So we'll see. I'm, I'm letting him choose his own course as well. You know, I, 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 I kind of encourage them and I try to steer them in the right direction, but ultimately I told my son, you know, he's his own person. He doesn't have to choose the same sports as his sister. I let him choose the instrument he wanted to play, but when I was making this five-year plan, I thought about the skills that would help them as they become adults and as they navigate through their own life. And these are skills, a foreign language, a musical instrument, a martial art. These are all skills that will help them. And it's a skill that nobody can take away. It's a skill that can open doors and give them opportunities. And so when I make this five-year plan, okay, when they're five years old, I reassess, okay, um, this is what, what I want for my children. Where are we going to go? And I just set new goals and I plan their activities accordingly. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's <clears throat> makes sense. It's good to have a direction. Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it's good to keep yourself on track and your kids on track. I feel that when you are given too much free reign, you get off track really mm. fast. <laughs> so it's good that you're a guiding force, you know, in that, even though you say that it's ultimately up to them. Uh, Joy, are you strict? Are you, are you what they say, a tiger mom? Well, I think with my daughter, I was a little bit, I had really, really good intentions. 
and I maybe I was a little bit um over enthusiastic I wasn't ever I don't want to consider myself a tiger mom I thought about it but I was really lucky that other moms older moms shared with me their experiences so for example there was one mom that she never let her daughter have sugar and so when the daughter became 20 years old she carries around a five pound bag of candy in her purse and at that time when I met this mom I was trying to you know, have raised healthy kids. I never gave them candy. I never let them chew gum. But then I realized if they don't know what gum is and other kids know what gum is, that socially puts them in a really awkward situation. If they never had candy before, I was realizing that they really covered it, you know, and I didn't want them to think that this was so special that they would go overboard and try to get it. And, the, and I'll share with you this, that maybe it's a little embarrassing for me, but one day, uh, a kid dropped his candy bar on the ground and my daughter rushed for it. I wanted to eat it and it was on the ground, but it's because she wanted the candy so much because I never gave her candy. And when I saw that, I realized, you know what, I really need to step back and reassess how I'm raising my children. I, I have really good intentions, but I also know that in the real world, I have to be realistic. I have to be practical and to not have my daughter or my son eat candy, chips, you know, cup of noodles. I'm not doing them. Uh, I'm not helping them really. Mm -hmm. So I, I allow them to eat, you know, things like that as well. Is That's amazing. Yeah. That you could reflect on that because I was just going to ask too, was there pushback from your kids? with the way you steer them and if so how do you deal with that you know and other teenagers as well well with the candy and so forth it was easy because I had control I don't buy it they don't know it after they had it and they wanted it I would I would indulge them you know during Halloween you know birthdays things like that because what I didn't want was I didn't want them to think it was so special and so as they get older those things, um, it's not candy anymore that's so um, I, like uh, uh, off limits. It's more like things like alcohol and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So I talk to them about it and I, I give examples of why we should or should not do certain things. But, you know, I, I do my best to um, expose them to things, but not, um, not encourage them in a direction I don't want them to go so maybe this is gonna um, maybe after I say this uh, I, I'm gonna be stripped of my mother of the year award but <laughs> I did let them have a sip of beer I let I did let them have a sip of alcohol and the reason why I did that was I said you know this is mom's birthday I'm having a glass of wine do you want to taste it you can have a sip and then they sip it they don't like it I said see I said this is what it tastes like it's not that special is it and they're like no mm. and and to this day my daughter she you know she she's really responsible I never I never have a problem with her and wanting her to consume alcohol when she's underage I don't have that I don't have my son knock on wood um you know with the same issues because you know, I, I give them an opportunity to see that it's not really special. Now, when it comes to drugs and things like that, I explain, well, if you do drugs, this is what's going to happen. And we have a really in-depth discussion about that. So hopefully, um, hopefully everything work, works out. I think the thing that helps the most is I'm upfront and I'm honest with my children. And so because we have such a close relationship, 
they will take what I say to heart and I don't really get pushed back. That's a magical talent that you have and that you were able to master that I'm sure a lot of parents out there are wishing that, but it must have come with a lot of hard work to build that trust and to let them see that you are not there to harm them, but there to help them. Oftentimes, you know, they, sometimes they could feel very defensive. How do you deal with um, social media and uh, them wanting to be on screens a lot more than face-to-face interaction or real-life activities? Mm-hmm. That's a um, very good question. So I'm a single mom. and uh, When I went back to work, um, my kids were always alone. I purchased a cell phone for each of them for security reasons, for safety reasons, because they had to catch the bus to and from school. And what happened was, because I wasn't home, they would turn to their phone for entertainment. So for example, they, they were in elementary school and intermediate school at this time. And um, it's so easy to download free games. And I just, I started to notice that the screen time, they were getting very addicted to it. And when I would take away their phones, they would just go berserk. And so I realized, you know, I have to, I have to stop this. I have to find another way. I think they were using the, the games and the phone as a way to compensate for their loneliness, their boredom. And what I did was I enrolled them in the Big Brothers, Big Sisters program. That way they were able to have another positive role model, not just myself. I really feel like children need role models other than their parents. And especially for my son, I can't be a father to him. So I enrolled them in this program and it was really fortunate that they had really good um, matches. And one of the requirements I asked of the program was that if they match my children with someone, please match them with someone that is very into sports, who likes the outdoors, because I knew that is what my children needed. And I was so fortunate that both their big brother and their big sister were very into sports. They like to hike, they like to do things outside. And for four months, um, two times a month, their, their big brother and big sister came and took them outdoors and did activities. And that kind of broke the cycle. I also cut my TV. So there was no TV. They couldn't watch TV. And when I was home, I would take away their phone. I would say, you know what, until you get your homework done, we're going to put away the phone. And instead, what I did was after dinner, I taught them how to play chess. And I never let them win. I was really, you know, I'm, I'm not the type to just fake win. And one day they teamed up, the two of them, and they beat me. And when they beat me, they were so happy. They were dancing around and everything. But it was really good because it taught them that if they persevered at something and they tried their best, they could succeed. And they became really, really good chess players. Mm-hmm. And, and it also gave them a way for us to bond and it broke mm-hmm. the addiction to the mm-hmm. screen time. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Big Brothers and Big Sisters because uh, it, it's a program that exists and, and I never knew that, um, I mean, it's available um, for everyone. I mean, it's awesome that you turned to them and um, found a way to break that screen time because so many parents struggle with that so often. And I think sometimes they look at ways to do that with money and, you know, throwing money at that problem and instead of like big brothers and big sisters which is a free program right 
Yes, it's free and it's it's so beneficial. They actually screen their matches. So I was kind of hesitant at first when I thought about putting my children in this program, but they do a background check and this this uh, organization has been around for a while. It's a national organization. And so that brought me a little bit of comfort. I did meet with the match beforehand. And, you know, as the years went by, especially for Jonathan's match, his big brother is named Neil, uh, his family became my family. So when we met him, he was single, then he got married, we, we went to his wedding, then they had a baby, and we went, you know, to the baby shower, my daughter graduated, they came to her graduation, we go over there for dinner on Christmas, and they come over to our house for Thanksgiving. I mean, it's really, they're really our, our family now, part of our family. Wow. Well, That's you know, beautiful. yeah. And I want to share with our listeners out there a little bit about you, Joy, because, um, you know, the kind of person you are, we need to understand why you are this kind of person. You're a graduate of UH Manoa, and you also worked in Washington, D.C. for uh, then U.S. Congressman Neil Abercrombie, who later, he was the gov former governor as well. And you later spent 10 years in Asia where you owned your own business in Japan and attended National Taiwan University. So that's somebody with a five-year plan, <laughs> you know, clearly. So that's what, how did you, um, you know, have this drive within you? Was that something that your parents instilled in you? Well, I think I've always had it. I grew up in Hilo, which is a very small town. And my mom's actually from Chicago. So my grandparents were there and sometimes I would visit them. And so I always knew that there was more to life than just remaining in Hilo, which is really a beautiful town. So I knew I wanted to see the world. And so I did everything I could to try to be able to get a job off island. And I was just really fortunate. It was just serendipitous that I was able to get a job with Congressman Abercrombie at that time. After my time in D.C., I purchased a Euro pass and I went to Europe and I traveled around Europe for three months on the Euro pass and stayed in hostels. And that just fueled my desire to see more of the world. And so because I have um, Japanese ancestry, I decided to go to Japan. The job that brought me there didn't work out. So what I did was I just decided to own my own business and and I ran an educational business in Japan and when I came back to Hawaii uh, I worked for a little while and then I thought you know Japanese is a good language to learn but the future is to learn Mandarin and this is this is a long time ago so I I applied for this program in Taiwan at National Taiwan University. It's an international Chinese language program. And I sold my car, quit my job. I moved up there. I got off the airplane, took a bus to the middle of Taipei City. And from there, I only had a lonely planet. And I told the cab driver to take me to this hotel, which of course he didn't. He took me someplace else. I The next day, I, I caught the bus, went to National Taiwan University. I took this test. It was a reading, writing. There was an interview and they told me I failed. My Chinese was terrible. And I said, wait a minute. I quit my job and I came on, I sold my car. I came here to be in your program and you're telling me I can't be in your program. And they said, yes, your Chinese is terrible. You have to have a certain level of 
of proficiency to be in our program. So I said, give me a couple of, uh, give me some time, give me a couple more weeks. I'll study and I will take the test again. So they said, this was in May. They said, you can take the test again in July because the classes start in August. So I taught English. I hired a Chinese teacher to teach me and I took the test again and I passed. And then I was in their program. And once I was in their program, I graduated. I got a job working for a, um, a telecom company there uh, and uh, I spent some time there and uh, it was it was a really good experience but I had a five-year plan for myself as well so that's where the five-year plan for my children comes in because I did it for myself then it was just natural for me to do it for my children you're fearless joy wow yeah. oh that was when I was younger <laughs> <laughs> without kids was, I know and yeah. you could focus on your goals and I love that you had goals and you did whatever it took to achieve it. You know, you it didn't sound like you were afraid. At that time, I think when you're that I was I was really young. I I was in my 20s when I was in DC and Japan. I was in my 30s when I was in Taiwan. I didn't have children at that time. So it was a lot easier to pursue my dreams and my goals. But as a mom and I'm older, it's it's still possible. I encourage everyone to make your own five-year plan. It's just, it's just takes a little bit more effort because you have more responsibilities. And what do you speak? Can you speak to the fear of failure? Cause I think, well, my kids are just, it's just innate in them. Like what are, they don't know and they're afraid to fail. Do you, do you see that? Or have you heard the fear of failure and how do you, how would you answer that? Or well, comfort I know, them? I know my children, um, when they compete, they nobody wants to lose. But I always tell them, and this is kind of hard because, of course, when you lose, you know they're not in a good mood. They don't want to be talked to or anything. But when we when we have some time, I always say, you know, I'm just proud that you got on the mat because it takes a lot of courage to get on that mat and to try to win. And I said, even if you're down a point or two. And you feel like giving up. I said, you don't give up until that bell rings or the timer goes off. You fight until the very end. And I said, you don't see mom giving up. And they have seen firsthand the struggles that I have gone through as a single mom. There was a time where um, I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And then I got a divorce. And I was a stay-at-home mom before there were iPhones. So I'm dating myself. But... Uh, when I went back into the workforce, there were iPhones now. So technology had changed to such an extent that when they would give me the computer test, I would fail. So in the beginning, I was only able to get jobs. Nobody would hire me. I was only able to get cleaning jobs. So I worked three cleaning jobs day and night around the clock. And then I was able to eventually get other jobs. But they saw how hard I worked. I would take them when you know, because they're so young, I would take them when I went to clean. And I think that they've seen that despite all the hardships we've been through, I've never given up. And I told them I would never give up on you. So you have to do your part. Don't give up on yourself. Mm. Wow. Jeez, joy. Powerful. Wow. Yes. Very, very, you're, you're, you're an inspiration. And the fact, I think they did a good job, you know, looking for the mom of the year in Hawaii. And finding you because um, you definitely are mom, the mom of the year. And so we want to tell people listening also that 
Um, you're going to be representing Hawaii at the American Mothers National Convention that's coming up in April in Omaha, Nebraska. Is there anything special that you have to do, like give a presentation in front of the judges? I know we went through an interview process on Zoom, and they also sent me some more questions, um, and I had to answer that and submit that as well. When we go to the National Convention in April, we're allowed to give a two-minute speech. And I think from all the information they collect from our interview, from the questions that we answered, and from our speech, I think that's how they're going to choose who's the National Mother of the Year. Yeah, wow. That's... Are you um, already preparing for that? Well, it's still a little early and I'm so busy with work and, and just taking care of my son. I I don't really think about it too much. That's but but I hope <laughs> but I but I hope to represent. So thank yes, you. Yes, you're yeah, 100%. So proud. We're so proud. We're so oh, proud yeah. to represent Hawaii. And we wish you all the best well, you know, when April comes around and that convention. Um, we'll be rooting for you till the very end. Thank you so much for sharing with us all about, you know, your journey, where you've been, um, you know, tips to raising your your kids. And yes. even as a single mom, you're, you're proof that you can still do it and have your kids be successful. That's just so amazing. And get along with them too, right? As, yeah. as adults, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You're an inspiration to all of us, mothers, fathers, out there yeah. thank oh, okay. you thank you thank you Stephanie thank you Noli yeah thank you so much Joy Mother of the Year yes we represent Hawaii thank absolutely you much, Joy. yeah